Hello, hello. Welcome back to Oral Max Facts. This is your host, Ruthie Patel, here with Mary McBarry. So I hope you had a chance to listen to our last episode on Amraj and dental implants. In that episode, we discussed implant success criteria. We looked at the literature on the rate of implant success in patients with existing implants, starting in terms of two medications. And lastly, we also discussed the success rate of implants in patients already taking enterosopter medication. This episode is going to be a super short one. So we're going to talk about when it comes to developing emrange in patients who received implant therapy, are there any attributable trigger factors or timeline for emrange development? And lastly, we're going to finish this topic with looking at localized impact of bisphosphonate on dental implants and bone graft. As we discussed in the last episode, one of the best sources we found for answering the first question is a well-designed systematic review out of Brazil with the title of Impact of Bisphosphonate Therapy on Dental Implant Outcomes. This study dissected all the systematic reviews on this topic from 2009 to 2017 quite well. After searching all the online resources and following PRISMA format for screening and selection process, they included three systematic reviews in their study, which observed a significant risk of emrange after implant placement in patients undergoing bisphosphonate therapy. In two of these systematic reviews, it was noted that the majority of emrange cases were in the more invasive procedure, such as bone regeneration procedures or placement of multiple implants. One of the studies noted higher risk of emrange in patients who have received bisphosphonate for a period more than five years. Interestingly, though, none of these systematic reviews reported a more prevalent bisphosphonate administration route or a specific anatomic area, maxilla versus mandible, to be more prone. Hence, this study concluded that the current state of scientific evidence available shows that patients with a history of bisphosphonate use don't present with a higher risk of dental implant failure or marginal bone loss compared to patients who have not used bisphosphonate. Lastly, we have kept the best for the last. What do you guys think is the localized effect of bisphosphonate on dental implant healing and bone graft healing? We like to leave you guys with a cliffhanger. The pathogenesis of AMRAJ is debated, and there's a strong evidence that it is a multifactorial factors such as reduction in bone turnover but subsequent bone necrosis, reduction in extracellular matrix production by fibroblasts, decreased angiogenesis, and the toxic effect of bisphosphonates on mucosal tissue are strongly associated with inflammatory and infectious processes in the surgical area. Contrary to the hypothesis of bisphosphonates having a negative influence on dental implants, there are some contemporary studies suggesting that bisphosphonates could have a supportive role in osteointegration by biomodulating the process of bone remodeling. This positive effect of local use of bisphosphonates 
on osteointegration has been demonstrated in preclinical studies on different animal models and in the systematic review of studies on humans. So are we going to see implants treated with bisphosphonates in the future? Well, who knows? If there's enough evidence, it is certainly a possibility. Now let's look at the randomized clinical trial where they studied the effect of an autogenous bone graft treated with bisphosphonate and noted improvement in bone resorption. Autologous bone grafts are considered the gold standard for reconstruction of the edentulous alveolar ridges. However, this procedure is associated with unpredictable bone loss caused by physiological bone resorption. A study by Dr. Apthi and colleagues from Sweden hypothesized that the resorption of bone grafts treated with an ibendronate solution would be less than those treated with saline. Ten patients who underwent bilateral sigil split osteotomy were included in a randomized double-blind trial with internal controls. Each patient received a bone graft treated with a solution of ibandronate on one side, and that is one milliliter of a six milligram per milliliter solution of an ibandronate, and a graft treated with a saline in the control, contralaterally. Radiographs for the measurements of a bone volume was obtained at two weeks and at the six months after surgery. The primary endpoint was the difference in the change of the bone volume between the control and the abandonate bone graft six months after the surgery. All the bone grafts healed without complications. One patient was excluded because of reoperation. In the eight out of nine patients, the abandonate bone grafts showed an increase in bone volume compared with the baseline, with an average gain of 126 cube millimeter, 40% more than baseline, with a range of 27 to 218 cubic millimeter. Only one abandonate-treated graft had a decrease in bone volume by 8%. In the controls, an average bone loss of 150 cubic millimeter, 58% of the baseline, with a range of minus 25 to minus 300 cubic millimeter was seen. In the maxillofacial field, the reconstruction of atrophic alveolar ridges, especially in the aesthetic zones, are very challenging. These results show that bone grafts locally treated with abandonate solution increases the remaining bone volume. This might lead to a new possibilities for maxillofacial surgeons in the preservation of bone graft volumes and for dental implant installation. This puts bisphosphonate in a different light for dental implants and bone graft. How about that, huh? Well, it's still experimental, but let's wait and see what the future holds. Okay, guys, let us know what was your major takeaway from these two episodes. Thank you for getting out with us. If you like our work, please leave us a five-star review and spread the love by telling everybody about us. Also, we are looking for more help with our podcast from our listeners. If you are interested in writing a topic for us or helping in any other way, please reach out to us on Insta or Old Max Facts. 
And just like all our episodes, we are here to discuss good information. This is not a medical advice for your practice. This podcast takes no responsibility for your medical or clinical decision making. So until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.